Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to A Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Andrew Rodriguez. On this episode, you'll be hearing from Leroy, who is a business owner here in Costa Rica on the Pacific Coast in a town called Manuel Antonio. Um, he owns a bar there called Jolly Roger. I've been there uh, a couple weeks ago, fantastic bar. And I met him randomly. It's just, you know, happenstance that we ended up having a conversation and discussing being on this podcast. So I'm very excited about this episode. So yeah, you're going to hear Leroy discuss the intricacies of owning a business abroad compared to the States, his story of how he got to Costa Rica in the first place. And he also talks about his background in corporate finance, how that has helped him delve into this field of business. And finally, he gives tips on how you can become a successful business owner abroad. Hope you enjoy. This is In Living Color, Abroad. Leroy, welcome to In Living Color, Abroad. How are you, man? Hey, doing good, doing good. Living Puerto Rico, how's it going, man? <laughs> Likewise, Puerto Rico as well. <laughs> so um, for those that don't know, uh, I met Leroy in Manuel Antonio, which is on the Pacific coast of Costa Rica, a very uh, touristy location. He happens to uh, to own a bar out there. And I'm like, hey, have a podcast. We'd be interested in being interviewed and being on. And he's like, for sure. So this kind of the things that happen sometimes, just, just by you know the luck of the draw of just talking to people, meeting people, you get to meet other people in the same place that you are that happen to be living abroad. So with that being said, Leroy, do you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, well, let's see. Um, I'm originally from uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, born in St. Clair, raised in St. Thomas. Um, grew up, uh, at, my parents got divorced when I was three, so after years of, um, most of my time after high school in the States, Baltimore was my last bit of high school, then kind of traveled around, uh, spent some of my adult lifehood in L.A., California, then moved to Miami, and then moved to, um, and then I, then I ended up, I actually ended in Chicago, and then to uh, the Costa Rica. You know, that's basically it. I mean, I wanted to get out of the rat race. My background is corporate finance. I've been, you know, plugging away, you know, crunching numbers for, you know, half my life, and, uh, Wanted to get out of that racket and uh, move on to some, some something different. Here I am in Costa Rica. Wow, wow, wow. That's so crazy. So t- take me to the moment where you said to yourself, all right, I'm leaving the States. I'm going to Costa Rica. What was going through your mind that moment you th- made that decision? Costa Rica was uh, as, as kind of an afterthought. Uh, I had planned on going back to the Virgin Islands, but, you know, they were recently hit with a lot of just unprecedented amount of hurricanes, and mm-hmm. I just just didn't think that, you know, the place would ever um, be stable enough in terms of earning a living and, and lifestyle. And and it's, and it's super expensive because of that. You know, you have a lot of devastation and insurance that is associated with trying to, you know, own anything out there. Um, and I had a buddy that, and, oh, well, so I, had, I used to work for this company uh, that was a software company, and they went public. They were based out of L.A., and they went public, so there was a little bit of, windfall from that I'd start help start them up and so I had a little you know a little bit of money to kind of you know see if I could like kind of turn the page in my life I always wanted to open a bar and kind of get away from the rat race and uh go, go back to my roots and so this guy you know 
he uh, introduced me to some people um, in Costa Rica that were trying to sell this, this little hotel bed and breakfast, little four-bedroom hotel on the, on the uh, Caribbean side. I, I went to go check it out, and then, you know, it was, it was nice, but, uh, and I, you know, I was about to pull the trigger and, you know, start the next chapter of my life, but some, some stuff, you know, didn't work out and the deal fell through. And um, that was the, that was the moment I decided. Basically, you know, I I'll kind of leave the details until you know between what happened then and now, so I won't bore you guys but, <laughs> or you. But you know, basically, I I had decided then, but then it took another three years before an opportunity came up for me to kind of um, you know make another you know uh, life choice, come out here and you know and and, and uh, live in Costa Rica. But that, but that, that decision was basically. Get out of the rat race. Get out of you know, your cubicle life. And uh, I was living in Chicago, and you know, I, I, I started looking at. I mean, mentally, I was getting to the point where the city was so crowded, but no one wanted to look at each other, and it was the weirdest mm. thing. And I was like, just took t- t- me out. So I felt kind of lonely in a city that was overpopulated. Um, so I just felt like I needed to get in a place that was a little bit more. Um, cool, collected, you know. Got you, got you. So that's pretty, so. Let's talk about that, right? Because I'm from New York City, you know. You talk about the rat race and all that stuff, and obviously we come from two different worlds. I was, you know, I was. I'm an educator. You're in finance. So just speak to me about that. Like for those that are not in finance, like what is that life like of working in corporate finance? Okay, so uh, so I'd gone to you know grad school after uh, undergrad to just kind of find some type of career that would finance a chill lifestyle. And I was good with numbers, and uh, so finance is like mm, corporate finance is is more like uh, finance is, is like accounting. They're, they're both have to do with numbers, but accounting basically is you know shows you what you've done, and finance shows you what you can do. Uh, so it's more like forecasting. And so I you know I used to you know accounts used to count the beans, but then I would show you know companies how to make them grow. Mm. And so that's that's basically what I was doing for different companies. I used to work for in the hospitality industry for this company called Atlantis, uh, or this hotel resort in the Bahamas called Atlantis. Mm. And I was crunching numbers for my first two years out of grad school, just you know, you know, um, cutting my teeth on you know financial analysis. And then um, after that, you know, I just kind of went to different companies where I was either you know the financial you know you know uh, planner or or I did uh, you know forecasting and analysis or you know mergers and that. Something like that, but it was basically you're stuck in a cubicle crunching numbers. But it was fun because uh, you get lost, and 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 it's something that I liked. You know, numbers make sense to me, much like uh, IT and technology. Mm. Um, and I wasn't really good, and you know, sub, you know, uh, stuff that had subjective um, answers. You know, marketing, and, and and I wasn't really good in English and all that kind of <laughs> all that kind of <laughs> stuff. You know, numbers have always made sense to me, but. Yeah, corporate finance. You know, just basically everything you see on the, uh, you know, on, on you know, in the movies and TV. You know, it's like cutthroat. Uh, you know, you got you're always trying to, you know, try to jockey for a position, try to outdo your, you know, your 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 staff or your. I mean, you're not your staff, but your, you know, your colleagues, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and then try to make the company grow. And uh, it's a competitive, you know, crazy competitive nature of the business. Um, you know. To guard to finance. And did you feel like that wasn't a part of like how you were as a person, or like that's not the person that you wanted to become? Is it was that a reason, like part of your decision as well? Oh no, I, I mean actually, you know, when I first got into, it, I loved it, and I'd always imagined maybe you know I just 
start my own. I in, in fact, I actually ended up just starting my own company in um in in LA uh, where I did you know I did uh I was a corporate you know finance. I just I recruited me. Um, so people like me for, uh, for positions in, in, you know, financial sector, um, until the economy fell out and, you know, the no more jobs, but Mm -hmm. basically, yeah, I I loved it. I was challenged by it, but there was always, I was always thinking that maybe this is something I'm doing to, to, um, subsidize what I really want to do was, you know, kind of, you know, I mean, I would always, I always, always tell people that my, my my end goal in life wasn't, you know, own mansions, everything. It was like to own a little bar on the beach with, you know, me and the wife with the kids run, running up and down the beach, butt naked. So, <laughs> so that that was that was my goal. So it was always, you know, something simple. Um, and uh, and but what I was doing was kind of, you know, gear my brain up, uh, you know, so that I could, you know. I, I could I could make enough moves even when I did get into that world to be able to to do it uh, competitively. All right, so l- let's go fast forward. You're in Costa Rica. Why Manuel Antonio? All right, so it didn't. I didn't choose look Manuel Antonio. Chose <laughs> you. Chose me. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, was crazy. So I was planning on living on like I, I think I mentioned on the on the uh, Caribbean side. Mm-hmm. I was going to buy a little place and it didn't work out. I mean, it was just a. I mean, part of my land was a shithole. Uh, I mean, and I, I, I just couldn't. I was gonna invest in it, but it was just, it was just what it didn't feel right. And I had a buddy, one of my best friends from Los Angeles, that was living on the Pacific side. I, he's, and he was in town, and I just came. And I said, "Look, I'm out here. I'm this pan, this pan out. I got four or five more days here. Why don't I just come and visit with you?" So I checked out the Pacific side, and then I felt home. Mm. So, Pacific side of Costa Rica is like the Caribbean side. Or, or more like Caribbean life that I had grown up with. Mm. The, the, the Caribbean side of Costa Rica is just, it's pretty, but it's undeveloped, and it's, it's not Caribbean, the, the kind of Caribbean that I grew up on, the, the water, and the, it just didn't look the same. Mm. It, it didn't feel the same. Uh, it was slow and cool. I liked, you know, but it was just a little too slow. <laughs> um, and then, so, uh, uh, once I checked out the Pacific side, that guy uh, who I visited, he was working for this place called Bar Jolly Roger that had a that, that they had this bar up in the hills in Dominical. It took you you know 15 minutes to get up the hill and you needed a four by four, but they had thrived there for 10 years or more, and they sold chicken and you know uh, chicken and hamburgers. They were just famous for them, wow. uh, and it, even despite the difficulty of getting there and how remote it was, but a you know beautiful view. And I met the owners and. Somehow, we, it, it turns out they wanted to expand, but they didn't have the uh, they didn't have the resources necessarily available. And I was looking to invest in something, and so we decided to let's further the brand of Jolly Roger, open up another location, and uh, and and then you know we'll you know they'll give me the recipes. Uh, we'll you know we'll share the corporate you know just basically to just take the brand and 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 just duplicate it, and so. I don't know what happened, just serendipity, but uh, there was a spot open at this place called Biblos Hotel that uh, that was trying to get out of the restaurant business. They had a nice little restaurant on the top of the hill in Manuel Antonio, mm-hmm. which was about 45 minutes away from Dominical. So um, it was it, it just weird how things fell into place because they were they they just had just put the place on the market to find another. Uh, person to kind of lease that space out wow and we looked at it and it was gorgeous and it was twice the size of the other jolly roger 
So it was kind of intimidating. Hmm. Um, and the, the expenses were like almost 10 times, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, the rent, you know, all that kind of crap. And, yeah. um, but the volume of business, the, you know, Manuel Antonio is just, you know, uh, Mecca for tourists and, and, you know, coming to Costa Rica, if, if not the, I think the most popular, but t- definitely one of the most popular, mm. um, in terms of traffic. And so it is, so, uh, you know, we kind of decided on the spot and then I, I, I went to work, uh, gave, I went back, went back to, to, uh, went back to the, uh, States, to Chicago, told him I was out, uh, <laughs> you know, cash my chips. And, uh, and then I came down about a month later, I, I, you know, said use a month to kind of say goodbye to some friends, then packed up. Actually, I didn't pack any crap up. I shipped all my shit to my mom's <laughs> house, and um, just took like maybe like four bags of clothes, and um, and moved out here. Wow. And and then it took us one month. Like so, the, so the owners of the Jolly Roger, uh, married couple Amy and Storm, uh, they they were amazing, and we we met every day for breakfast in my business. You know. Um, my buddy that was that had introduced me, he's like he wanted to help me start it up, and we met every day and just you know, by a miracle. I mean, every day there was another miracle that happened that allowed us to to put everything in place, and we got this. We overhauled this restaurant that had like bats and all kinds of snakes and stuff. Wow! On. I mean, it, it, it was it was it was crazy. But yeah, so we got we got it done in, in thirty days. Um, Whoa! And so uh, so, we, so we so I signed a lease in September September first. And then um, October first, we opened uh, uh, in two thousand seventeen. I want to say, yeah. Wow. And again, for those that have not been, and it's so funny how I actually found your bar, by the way. So I went, when I went to Manuel Antonio. I went over the weekend of the McGregor fight, and my friend was there with me, and she's like, "I gotta see the fight." I'm like, "Well, I don't know where they're playing this fight here, Manuel Antonio. Like, I've been here before. It's kind of a quiet place, but and we just happened to walk by and hear live music because I want to hear some live music." And then in that moment, I, I saw you. I, obviously, I didn't know who you were at that moment, but I'm like, oh, this guy's a drummer. So the guy, I'm like, ah, oh, this is a spot. And then they had TVs. I'm like, all right, you get to watch the fight. I get to enjoy live music. There's a win-win for both of us. <laughs> so it just worked out like that. And then I, I didn't even see you at that bar. That's what my listeners don't know. I saw you at another bar the next day, which is crazy to me. And uh, here we are talking. That's pretty fucking dope. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, wait, wait. Well, you know what? Uh, I share the love, man. Uh, believe me, I, 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 um, I'm the biggest fans of, uh, of other bars around me. So, uh, yeah, man, I, we, 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 we get down, we get down. I mean, I try to make sure, you know, um, I support all the, you know, other businesses here, but yeah, man, just having fun. <laughs> so, all right. So are you, wait, so you said you have, a, so you're not the sole owner. You're just like renting it out basically. Or how does that work? Yeah, I'm the I'm the sole owner. Okay. So um so the basically so I own this location. Uh the two so the two original founders of Bar Jolly Roger, they were a married couple, they recently split up uh well it's about a, it's been maybe two years ago now. Uh right when it was right before I got here. And then after I opened this one, the the husband, his name is Storm, that's his nickname, uh okay. um and he opened up a uh we opened up a third one, uh, so we're all one big family. Mm. Um, you know, we, we kind of act. People always throw the term franchise around. It's not that. It's uh, <laughs> one big like kind of more. It's more like a chain. Mm. So I I independently own mine. They independently own theirs. Uh. We but we but we all uh, share the brand. Um, and 
so we, so when we ever make we make changes to the menu or things that we're trying to do collectively or coordinate, we try to do marketing uh, together. Uh, we don't make any decisions without each other, uh, so that we make remain you know we, we maintain consistency throughout the three different locations. But Tamarindo is the third one. Oh, okay. And, uh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Dope. 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 So also people like I saw him playing drums. Like so. Okay. So you're a drum. You're a musician as well. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it that. It kind of started <laughs> off. Uh, in fact, I hope this this conversation that get bombarded by some a band that about to start. But my, when I came down to visit, so back backstory. Yeah, I drum a little bit. I used to have like little drum, like uh, little jam sessions at my house with local musicians after late hours. And I, you know, I'm not a great drummer, trust me. Uh, but I, used, you know, I used to mess around and we used to kind of jam to you know recordings and stuff. So. Uh, I always like to, I just like to, you know, kind of mess, mess around. I'll play guitar too. Mm. And there, but there's a band here, the blues band. And they asked me to sit in one time with them. Oh, no, wait, wait, hold on, back up. When I first, my first day visiting the other uh, Jolly Roger, the band didn't have a drummer. And I sat in, that was my first day. And I sat in with oh that, my that God. band. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I was, I was nervous because I'd never played. Uh, never played in front of people before. Wow. Uh, so I probably lost about three pounds worth of sweat. But <laughs> it, it was awesome. It was awesome. So I, um, so from there, I, I kind of just got, got tied with the local music community here. And I started singing this one song I made up. Uh, and it's called Pura Vida All Night Long. It's, 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 it's kind of an earworm. So it's gotten real popular. Mm. So I played that song with three bands. And finally... Uh, what happened was uh, there's this guy named James uh, that used to play with this band called the Classy Pirates, and and he didn't have a drummer. He just kind of sits there and he, he he has a cajon and he has, plays a sax and he plays bass and he also plays guitar mm. and he plays uh yeah so he plays like a bunch of instruments. He's incredibly talented. And I said, well, why don't I sit in with you and start playing drums with you? And from then we just started doing all classic uh like shit you can't hear ever live like mob deep some mm -hmm. old classic uh, hip-hop reggae uh we just started doing like now some covers on some some songs that you never think to hear live but yeah so i play drums with him every week every saturday um and then we're gonna start to play out it's called uh, leroy and black james is the name of the group mm, yeah i mean and, so, and so, so, it's something you mentioned that because when i was sitting at the bar and you know watching like the, the ufc fights happening I, it, like the music caught my ear because it was like you said it was like 90s hip hop I was like wait a minute I didn't expect to hear this shit <laughs> yeah yeah we got we got Big Papa oh shit oh we got Big Papa Mob Deep uh, as I was mentioning uh, Mace uh, you know yeah, and, yeah, yeah. so it's trippy because uh, you, you'd be surprised how many people I mean of all colors uh, will trip when they start hearing some even like some millennials they don't want to hear the, the new stuff uh, that's coming out hip hop wise, they'll 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 trip and they'll they'll you know like request uh, stuff when we have DJ music that'll be like old school. So we just do old school stuff that no one's ever thought to do live. Yeah, that's and pretty... uh, so yeah, so it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, well, I was gonna ask you. Um, sorry. So oh, yeah, do I, yeah have, you ever heard of uh you ever heard of um the song uh, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. Yep, yep, I wish yep. I had a girl that yep, yeah yep, was yep. by uh, Skilo. Yep, yeah, I heard we that do one. that one. We just started doing that one. This shit is tight, though. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. What was I going to say? No, so like, it's so crazy. So I want to have this episode because I haven't had an episode like about business, right? Most people I talk to are educators and things like that. People, you know, traveling. But like you moved. You're like, all right, I'm out. 
and you open the business, which to me, a lot of, if you talk to a lot of people that want to live abroad, that's like the dream, right? Oh, I'm going to open this little shop, I'm going to open this little hotel, you know, boutique, whatever. And you're like, I'm going to open up a bar and you did it. So if, for people that are listening to this episode that might be interested in living abroad and not, you know, they're not teachers, but you know what, I like to open up a business. What would you, what, what are some tips you can give them on like making that a, a reality? Uh, let's see. That's a good question, man. I'll, you know, people always say, you know, if I, if I could do it, then anybody could do it. But I think that's a little bit cliche. What, what I would suggest is, and what, and what I ended up doing was take, take all the money I needed or all the money I had and then try to plan as much as I could to every single detail as to how much it was going to cost me to open and then how much I would have left over to kind of ramp up. So if you don't, if you don't have happen to have that kind of skill because I do forecasting and analysis and finance and I'm good with spreadsheets. If you don't have that skill, just, just, you know, grab somebody that does who's good with Excel and, you know, and tell them to come up with a, a spreadsheet that'll help you plan. It's just all about planning. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I didn't do, and what almost kind of, kind of, you know, can I allow to curse on this? Oh thing? yeah, I've cursed multiple times, so you're fine. <laughs> All right, so what, what I, I almost fucked myself because uh, I did no plan. I did no nothing. I had to do nothing about the regulations here. And the thing about Costa Rica is they're like, oh, come on in, come on in, start it for something, yeah. And then they, <laughs> they wait till you, you're like in business for a couple of months that day. Oh yeah, gotta do this and gotta do this and gotta do this, and that, that can actually cause a, a panic attack. So what I would also do is make sure you find out as much as you can from maybe other business owners as to you know you know what what are the what are the other requirements. But also don't get discouraged by business owners because they'll try to talk you out of anything you want to do. Mm. That's that, that's the only thing. Don't do not get discouraged, and um, that's and, and then and find somebody and find a local. It, I just happened to. I'm telling you, it's, it's serendipitous and miracles. And I'm you know, I'm kind of religious, and so I think you know I look at miracles every day. I happen to find someone that's local, that's that had a, a, that was in touch with the community. And so if you can find somebody that can can get you a little bit more, I don't know, in touch with what's going on from the regu- regulatory bodies and, and can and help you be a little bit more business savvy without having to, you know, uh, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather take the shortest distance between two pat, you know, two points mm-hmm. than have to hit a whole bunch of obstacles that I could have avoided if I had I had somebody that, would, you know, kind of help me navigate. So that's what. I would suggest. I guess I don't know if that was very helpful. No, no, it was. And, and I guess I'll ask. You know, I obviously I you know you don't have to get into like details of like numbers and things of that that nature. But like I like for myself personally, if I think about like opening a business anywhere, I'm like, oh, I need uh, so much money. I don't have so much money. Do you really need like so much money? Or do you need know, like an adequate amount? I know adequate is very vague, but like I think Costa Rica is a very expensive country. And I'm sure you're aware of that as well, being an owner, <laughs> business owner in Costa Rica. But like, what kind of what kind of money we're talking about? Of like, all right, I'm gonna move abroad and like open a business. Yeah, that's it was, that that really depends. I mean, to be, to be honest with you, the startup cost for any business, or, or especially small business owners, is very small. So, anyone that wants to take a loan out to own a, a, a startup small business is crazy. Mm. Uh, there's no reason to start up a business in debt. Um, so, if, if you could collect, if you could. You know, if, if you if, unless you can borrow from family stuff like that, it really depends. I mean, you could open an ice cream parlor for you know a couple thousand dollars, and, and some businesses are from scratch. Some businesses you're taking over. Yeah. So the, a, a standard operating bar 
um, that's that's successful, and and a, maybe the owner wants to sell, maybe need you know anywhere from thirty to forty thousand, fifty thousand, mm-hmm. uh, if, if they're trying to do a fire sale. A friend of mine came down here just last month, um, and this bar. Uh, was right down the street, fully functional, turnkey. He bought it for ten thousand. He bought everything in there for ten thousand dollars. It just took over a lease for, you know, uh, it, it was eighteen hundred, but he talked the guy down to like eight hundred. Mm, wow. So there's little deals like that all the time. So it costs, you know, a fraction of the amount that you would imagine, mm. and you just need a, a, a little bit on the side to or in your back pocket to kind of help you keep afloat because you can't pay yourself. Yeah. So you got to be able to. You know, be able to uh, fund your own living. Um, but the good thing about a restaurant is I eat for free every night. Free, <laughs> that's, so. really, that's pretty yeah, baller. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, but literally, I mean, not it's really tiny bits of amount, tiny a tiny amount of money uh, that it really requires if you just wait for the right opportunity. Because there's always going to be a fire sale, somebody trying to get out of Dodge. And then you just, you know, you're at the right place at the right time. But, you yeah. know. Uh, so, uh, yeah. How long you been in Costa Rica now? Yeah, so it'll be three years uh, this October. Oh wow! Okay, this next October, coming October. Nice, nice, nice. So, what would you so tell Leroy of three years ago, the Leroy of twenty twenty? What would you What would you say? Damn. Um, yo, I, no, I, I would have told. I, I, should I would told Leroy? You, you, you should have done this ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I think I, I was super cautious and that's the only thing i mean i it slowed me down being so worried and and letting fear stop you uh and i wish i had done it so much longer ago um you know e- even if it's something just like you know buying a boat and you know and, and doing charters or something it just, just you gotta you gotta pull the trigger man because I, I so many times i've, I've asked people to you know, to, to, to do it with me in the past. Like, no, nah, I gotta, because conventional wisdom says you can't. Mm, and mm. it's, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a lot of people less smart than me that are a hundred times more successful than me because they took a chance. Mm. So what have you, yeah. what have you grown to, you know, because I always ask people, oh, what do you love about such, such place? But I'm gonna ask a little bit different question this time. What have you grown to appreciate about Costa Rica in these three years that you've been here? Well, I got to, I, I, <laughs> I got to appreciate a couple things, but, uh, you know, I mean, appreciate it. Um, (laughs) it's, 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 I I, I got to, when you say appreciate, I'm thinking like more like, okay, well, it's not this, this, there's some, there's some underpinnings of the culture that you don't see on the surface, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, but, the the people I got I got really got to appreciate uh, what Puerto Vida really means, um, you know that's it's a lifestyle and and uh, and you know I, I don't know I get to appreciate you know tiny things that are, that I mean I, you you have to stop and not take things for granted and and remind yourself not to take things for granted so that's that's been kind of difficult. And do you feel like the lifestyle of the Puerto Vida lifestyle has helped you do that a lot? Yes, it's uh you know you kind of kind of what you start doing is realizing that your whole life you've been you know kind of getting like you you know pissed about little things and then uh, then you realize hey don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff so mm-hmm. you kind of start to pull that pull that stress out of you that uh you, you start, start not to get agitated about things that don't matter got you 
You lived in Manuel Antonio the whole three years, correct? Yep. Okay. And what is your favorite thing about Manuel Antonio as like a place? Um, I like Manuel Antonio because it's big and small at the same time. Mm. It's a small community. You know, I can't take a shit without knowing somebody finding out about <laughs> it. But at, at the same time, uh, it's 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 large enough, and there's enough stuff to to kind of see and do. I mean, I, I, I still haven't been to the you know the national park and done some things that are like uh, you're super touristy yeah um it's like living next to disneyland and never going yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I lived in la for 10 years and never went to disneyland i you know i just appreciate there's so much to do in terms of you know there's out outdoor things to do there's and then when you get tired of man Antonio, there's so many places that are close by like dominical uvita um you got haco hermosa you know hermosa mm-hmm. beach um so you know just if you just want to get away for a second, then you could. You, you could. I just, I just love Manuel Antonio. I love the people and the um, the variety of things that I can get into without getting too, still playing too claustrophobic. Yeah, no, that, that's real. And not to like, because you you mentioned something about like you know not sweating the small stuff, and it made me think about like my time here and like the decision of me moving here, right? Like I thought about like you said, you know, you took that risk, and like for us. Any person that like, you know, tough decisions, but especially like moving abroad to a foreign place that you don't know and you don't know anyone, like I didn't know anyone here. It, it was it was hard, but it was a risk that I knew was for the better, right? Not just for like me as a person, me, you know, professionally and all these other things. And I think about like, you know, living life and not sweating the small stuff. And I think here in Costa Rica, I would say, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it really is like a day by day thing and a really like pura vida thing. Like there's not people here. I mean, from my from my experience, maybe you have. People that are like talking about like all the stresses of their life, you know. Maybe like I'm not seeing that on a day to day basis in my interaction with like my colleagues or like even people that I see or just randomly on the street, you know. And I think that's a testament to the lifestyle that they, that they you know, they want to attain or really believe in. That you know, you gotta you gotta chill out a little bit. You know, you can't take things to the heart all the time. Like you know, like and it's not a workaholic culture like uh like the U.S. is right, like a rat race for better you know lack of a better term. It's a double-edged sword, too, though. So, Pura Vida, I kind of found out, also means fuck it. So, <laughs> so, 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 you know, you could, you, you got, you got somebody that needs that you need to come over to fix your roof or something. Yeah. And it's like Pura Vida, and they, you know, it's kind of like in the Virgin Islands. I learned that the hard way. The Rastas, you, you know, they, they're like, man, I get there when I get there. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's you get you got that kind of, you know. Hey, yeah, nothing. Mm-hmm. Ain't, you know, nothing. Don't take that shit so seriously. Mm-hmm. And then I actually, my learned my first year uh, in restaurant business. You know, you can't yell at somebody if they fuck up because then that they shut down completely because their whole life they've been living pura, pura vida. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, and so they, people don't respond well to the stick. You know, out here. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, so I had to, I had to change my personality entirely because I'm, you know, I came from you know the harsh world of corporate finance and just like, you know, you, you, you get yelled at and that, that made you go faster. You can't work like that out here. Mm. And I think the people who don't last don't, don't figure that out. So, um, and, and, so to, yeah. and to that point, right. You saw about lasting, right. Cause I, I mean, I, I visited Manuel Antonio like twice as I've been here since I moved, uh, the time that when I came to visit three years ago, actually I have visited Manuel Antonio. I don't know if your bar was around or not, but, um, I, uh, and I noticed that there's a lot of different businesses. I'm like, wait, I didn't see this last time. Like when I went like two months ago, I was like, wait, 
What business is this? So, like, can you explain, like, the like, are people, like, constantly in and out of Manuel Antonio? Like, they just, like, all right, I'm selling this business. I'm out of here. Like, what what is that like, like, from your perspective? I see people coming in all the time. Um, it's not as, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not as attractive of a, of a place for, uh, you know, um, for expats to come and do business because the, the, now the, 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 there's so many taxes. The government is broke. So, um, unfortunately, financially, the, you know, the burden has been shifted onto small business owners. And so it's, it's, you know, they say, you know, you want to become a millionaire out here, uh, you, you got to bring one with you. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so I, you know, I'm just keeping it real. I mean, um, the, uh, some of the, 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 the natural windfalls of, you know, coming to a third world country and opening a business are kind of been eliminated now because there's so much government, you know, um, so many regulatory agencies that you have to deal with that, that money's constantly pouring out of your pocket. But, you know, so you see people come and go. So what happens is you see people come and then they get frustrated because they can't get shit done as quickly as they were in the States or wherever they came from. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, trying to get water turned on or or, or a liquor permit, um, that that you know that that can be so frustrating that you know it it, it you pull your hair out, um, and so the people that can't really adapt or realize or you know or can't just breathe and and take that with a grain of salt and be like okay this is not gonna kill me let me it'll make me stronger They'll, those are the ones that tend to move on real quick but a lot of businesses have been here for a while I mean mm-hmm. a lot of businesses are thriving. Manuel Antonio is, is, is a lot more congested, so I mean, if I had to do it all over again, um, there might there might be a chance I'd do something a little bit smaller. Uh, you know, we just have a, a huge business relative to what I really originally wanted. I wanted like a little little cottage on the beach, you know, mm. you know. <laughs> but uh, we're a high volume business, but I'm not complaining. Uh, it's just that you know, more money, more problems. Uh, so. Um, you know, but yeah, I, you, you, I, every day I see a new business come in, and these guys have tons of money that, and I didn't. I, I came on a shoestring budget, so um, I see them, and then I, but then I also see, you know, that, that I see a lot of frustration if they don't get somebody local on the ground, administradora, that they call them, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, to, to kind of help them navigate through all the uh, politics and stuff of trying to get shit done. Got you, got you. So on some uh, some uh, final words here, uh, Leroy, what would you say again? Like we're talking about like the advice and the tips or whatever. But if someone if someone's listening right now, is like, nah, you know, I can't do that. It's just Leroy. Leroy went to school for finance. You know, he's a he's a he's a numbers guy. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not that. What would be the number one thing you would say to a person like that? Like, actually, no, you could do this if X, Y, and Z. Well, what I would do is like talk to another business owner who didn't have my background because ninety nine percent of the people don't didn't and there there are businesses that are tons more successful than me that that had you know less of a plan so i mean i would never ever uh i would not have been able to survive had i not been in touch with the owners of another business i mean i i had i had a blueprint so you know they you know i you got i had a lot of hand holding you need to find um, just find someone, even if it's me, you know, should I'm, you know, I've, I've helped <laughs> several people come out here and open some businesses that wanted to, oh, wow. you know, I've been thinking about it, we've been thinking about it, we've been thinking about it, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm, I got you, you yeah, know, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll help you navigate through it and, uh, all the, all the pitfalls. So just find somebody that has the time and patience and, and willing to kind of really help you out. 
and then uh, you'll definitely you know increase your chances of success. episode with Leroy um I think there's a lot of uh, good information in there I I learned a lot I definitely I know nothing about business so it was very refreshing to hear someone who owns a business someone that I spoke to in person you know just a you know an added uh layer there when you speak to someone both over the phone and in person about you know what it's like to do this kind of thing um but yeah hope you enjoyed um one thing I just got out from that is again I'm just happy that I got an episode that that uh Different from most of my episodes, as you guys, if you as you know, um, or you don't know, depending if this is your first time listening, I mostly um, interview people that are educators, you know, because it just happens to be that in the field of education, that is a good opportunity to also live abroad while being an educator, you know, international schooling or whatnot. But it's really cool to see someone kind of doing something complete outside of that, right? Someone that decided, you know what, I'm going to own a business abroad and make this happen. And he did. And I really think, as I mentioned earlier, I really think it's something that, you know, that when you talk about people that want their dream of like living abroad, right? It always involves owning a business, right? Being like an entrepreneur. And I think there's a ways to make it happen, right? It doesn't have to be this kind of like um, unattainable dream, right? It could be something that you could, you know, X's and O's and step-by-step process of how to make it happen. And also having faith, as he mentioned, he had a lot of uh, luck and, you know, Miracles and blessings happen in order for him to do that. But, you know, he had to put himself out there first for those to in order to receive those miracles. Right. And those blessings. But, yeah, really, really enjoy that episode. Leroy, cool guy. Hope to see him soon when I go back to Manuel Antonio. Hopefully I uh, <laughs> I pay some keys at his bar. <laughs> but, yeah, um, before I go, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about um, the Kobe Bryant, uh, uh, his, his passing uh, this past uh, weekend. Um. And I know that's affected many people. I'm just, you know, me checking on social media. Like, it's it's, it's crazy. Not, not even crazy because he was such an, you know, an amazing player, icon, obviously. Father, mentor, meant a lot to a lot of people. But I was surprised at myself at how hard I took it. Like, honestly, I really was. And this is the first time in my life that I can say that a celebrity death has actually affected me over the past 24 hours. Uh, when Michael Jackson passed, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, that's terrible. You know, obviously, Whitney Houston, Prince, all these things. But, you know, you, you, you can try to make sense of those things, right? We're like, oh, you know, MJ was abusing this or whatever. Whitney Houston had her problems. You know, you could, you could try to make sense of those things, right? But with Kobe Bryant, there's nothing to make sense of. And obviously, I'm not going to go into the whole, you know, obviously, we're all aware of what occurred and the, the almost senselessness of it all, right? Like, it doesn't make sense how that could happen. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I just want to mention the fact that um, that was a reminder, as it was, right, I'm sure most of you, um, of how short life is. And it reminded me of who I needed to speak to that I haven't spoken to in a long time, what I'm grateful for, why I, I love the decision that I made of moving abroad and, you know, taking risks and living life to the fullest. And obviously there's there's no better example than Kobe Bryant, right? I heard on TV, um, I believe it was Shannon Sharp, uh, former NFL player, Hall of Famer, mentioned that he lived 41 years, but in in the amount of successes that he had in his career and his life, he lived an eternity. I think it just goes to show that you have to take every moment and every day and do what you can, when you can, and at the best of your abilities. And I think just think it's a reminder for all of us to, you know, really live and be our true selves 
love each other, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to get all like kumbaya or whatever, but I really do think that there's a lot of things that I, I've thought about of, you know, whether it be, you know, not even issues because I really have <laughs> problems with people, honestly, but just, you know, people that I have not reached out to, like I called my dad, I have not, you know, I have not spoken to my dad on the phone in about, since I went back to visit and I normally don't talk to him on the phone. So I thought it was important to um, to speak to him on the phone, you know, to, to hear his voice, to let him know that, you know, I think about him and that it matters to me that I speak to him. And that was not easy for me to do because, again, I don't have that kind of, I don't mind getting too, you know, a little bit personal, but I don't have the, the greatest relationship with my dad. Like, you know, I, I just don't. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you know, my parents are still together, but I just don't have the greatest, like, talking relationship. Like, when we're there, it's fine, you know, talk about baseball, but I can't talk about more than that with him. So it's just important to like hear his voice and he thanked me for calling and he doesn't really thank me for anything. So, so to kind of hear that was kind of cool as, <laughs> cool as well. So yeah, just, you know, don't take it for granted, man. Don't, don't take any of these little things for granted. Um, I, I feel so blessed to be doing what I'm doing uh, here in Costa Rica. I feel blessed to have this podcast. I feel blessed that, that you know, there's people listening to this podcast, whether it be you know, some episodes I have 30, some episodes I have 100, 200 people listening. It doesn't matter. I'm just I'm just grateful that this can be a, a way for me to converse with people and me to hear my own thoughts, but then hopefully hear yours and then hear other stories. Because I think that's what that's what this is about. And yeah, just, you know, it's just um, uh, rest in peace, Kobe and, and his daughter, Gianna, which is that was hard to really come to grips with that. And obviously the other seven um, that pass as well, because that's also tragic for them. But yeah, um. Uh, now it's switch, you know, I was a more positive news. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I, again, I don't know who I'm going to have on. So two, two weeks in a row, I knew who I was going to have on. <laughs> now back to not knowing. That's the fun of it, right? That's the fun of this. I, I'm just meet, meeting people, connections, all that good stuff. That's why I love doing this podcast because it pushes me to really open myself up and talk to people that I've never met, people that I know, reach out to people. It's just, I, I love doing this part. And I love, that's why I love this podcast. But yeah. Hope you like it. Hope you leave a review if you have not, or just keep tuning in. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, take care. Until next time, this is In Living Color, Abroad. Peace. <laughs>